Oh, they have Zach Calzada. Oh, Zach Calzada's there now. Oh. Yeah. It's either Zach Calzada or TJ Finley are the likely starters. TJ Finley is one of those guys that definitely says it's TJ Finley time when he enters the game. And if he's just, he can, he can really huck it. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter on occasion. Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, whatever the Google Podcast Center is currently dubbed. And um, I think we're on Stitcher as well, if people still use Stitcher out there. So anyhow... My name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logan on the Dawn. Coming to you guys from uh, sunny Stewart, Florida, where we have an eye, a beady eye on the tropics. Um, seems like things may be churning out there, but uh, I don't know, guys. The Saharan dust has really just kept it at bay yet again. I hear, I hear we might be dealing with another wave of Saharan dust knocking down the tropics. So we might, we might just roll right through this season. I saw we didn't have a name storm for like 36 days. That's crazy. I'm for this time for of year. Typically on uh, Memorial Day, on Labor Day around here, we're usually doing a, a frenzied uh, <laughs> either buttoning up of the house or um, watching a storm hit somewhere else in Florida. So anyhow, um, that means college. That must mean one thing, though, and that's college football season's upon us. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, the friendly city you'll be happy to know is Thick as thieves, once again, with JMU, Bridgewater, EMU, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. students. They have descended upon us and are keeping local businesses flush with cash. It's great to see. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan, and very ready to fire some bullets for week zero. I'm pumped. Love it. <laughs> Back. Uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, where I'll be honest with you, I have we, we have enough rain. We've had enough. It's it's been less rain enough. the last couple enough. days, but it's I don't know. It feels like every day now we're getting some rain. It's just a lot. It's a lot, and you know I'm happy for our farmers. We all we all stand with the farmers, but I think they've got enough. That end of summer corn harvest is going to be the corn is tall. That's sweet true. corn season. Sweet corn Could season be. is bearing down on you guys for Thick sure. With two C's up here. <laughs> um, I I tweet things at Jason Crick right. from time to time. Uh, yeah, excited to be back with you guys. Second week in a row. Love it. Love it. Things are amiss. Uh, what are we drinking? Anybody drinking anything good tonight that they need to share? Yes, I do need to share this. Uh, Please. I'm drinking another cherry limeade seltzer water. This is from Polar. I found the Polar variety. Uh, cherry limeade. Yeah. Okay. And so last week I had the Waterloo variety of this. <laughs> okay. I got my hands on the Polar version. In a shock to nobody, the Polar one is more more enjoyable to me personally. Yeah. I think it's closer to 
the, uh, the famed Sonic beverage, uh, uh, as I remember mm. it, anyhow. Um, I'm love. But yeah, if you guys are into the cherry limeade scene, want some memories of it without any guilt or calories, <laughs> uh, hit, up, hit up the seltzer water aisle at, lo- at your local K. Roger. It's good scouting report. It's yeah. appreciated. One free um, ad. That's the only one. K. Roger. Um, I am. I feel classy tonight, so I'm drinking a gin and tonic with a little too much gin. Hey. I'm not going to lie to you. Love it. That is nice. Yeah. A nice clear beverage. <clears throat> um, Jordan, bring, uh, you know, speaking of gin and the Sonics, the Sonic. Uh, gin um, and Sonics? Gin and Sonics. And the Sonic Limeade, I recall vividly making the pilgrimage over the mountain to Waynesboro from Charlottesville in college one time um, in search of Sonic Limeade. And we did, and, you know, we were all sitting around saying like, you know, it'd be really good if we could boozify these limeades up. And if if it was like an apparition from the Lord, there was an ABC store across the, uh, the the shopping center there where the, uh, the Sonic is. And um, some industrious member of our team Ran over there and picked up some of the the Seagram's lime, oh, <laughs> like yes. the Seagram's lime gin or whatever. Drop that bad Larry in there. Let me tell you, those are the days. It was good times. Delicious, delicious. Yeah, I, my first inclination would have been to go just like vodka. Yeah, but gin lime flavored gin is an interesting aggressive move. I respect it. I mean, it it was lime. I recall it being the Seagram's. You know that kind of like. Uh, crinkly bottle that's got like it's like the textured bottle yeah, it's like frosted glass oh yeah, yeah. and it had that like you know, like the, the two sides like kind of curved that little like indentation. yeah it was like beveled yeah right yeah you exactly. could like group, like as if you needed to like really grip the season's <laughs> gin i think gin and and vodka are one of the same but i would gin is just kind of like vodka that has flavor i would say that's an interesting I take I don't, I don't know particularly. About the I, don't, I, get, I think I get I where you're coming from. I don't particularly think vodka tastes clear. like. I mean, I don't think vodka particularly tastes like anything, though. It just tastes like alcohol. Whereas, yeah, like if you, if to you me, like, gin tastes like alcohol and pine trees. <laughs> yeah, right. If you there's if you get vodka nuance. that is just like straight, like this is vodka, it's telling you what it is. Yeah, there's not there's yeah. not a lot of flavor. But I, I think yeah, you can, yeah, I'm not you into can vodka. Go a lot of different directions <laughs> with vodka flavor. Well, of course, yeah, but I mean that's that's why that that is the most widely flavored right. thing is because I think the at, at its base it is it's a just great alcohol. base canvas. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's, it's just it's gas, like, it's, uh, just it's straight the gas. It's the chicken yeah. of liquor. <laughs> okay, um, I'm not drinking just yet, guys. Only um, only 24 more 24 more days until until I can get on back on the booze. So I'm back on the beers. Uh, but <laughs> what uh, what week of college football does that put you at? Um, be week three. Yeah, geez, twenty-four days from now will be so just uh, like the seventeenth games to start. Up. Yeah, like the sixteenth or seventeenth of September. So yeah, yeah um, it'll be like the last non-conference. Heavy. Probably ready for Florida Tennessee week or something like that. Yay! <sighs> Hendon Hooker is not excited it's to Hendon see the Hooker Gators. <laughs> <laughs> I have a polar cranberry lime. That's what I'm working with tonight. Nice. Oh, the old, speaking uh, of color, classic. they have not uh, been on the pallets at Costco the last few weeks. I'm growing you concerned. I'm sorry. So we'll keep a There's collective collective discomfort in here. Jordan, did they sell the uh, pallets of Topo Chico at, at the Costco? No. We also they never have, have or they just no. don't? Oh, okay. Interesting. Them. 
Um, they they're heavy on the like Italian mineral waters. Uh, the so pen, penne or whatever it Perrier, is. Perrier, uh, San Pellegrino, oh, and then a Kirkland know. Signature label. I've grown <laughs> to like uh, all of those three, but the uh, Kirkland Signature label tastes almost dead ringer for San Pellegrino, just like regular. Yeah, yeah. just a straight. Um, and it's five bucks cheaper a case. So yeah, home run. The the Kirkland the Kirkland folks are I don't know what kind of like high level partnerships they are striking up, but it would appear that they just do a really good job of convincing like large companies to just like let them slap their Kirkland label on things. Like I've heard you hear all the things. Titleist is suing them about the golf balls. Their putter is like a Scotty Cameron putter. Like it, it just like it, it, it's all things. It's like commodities. It's food. It's drink. Their liquors are apparently yeah. like from my dad. My yeah, my dad. You know, my dad is deep in the uh, deep in the Costco bourbon game. Yep. So, all right. Well, excellent. All right, boys. So uh, before we jump into college foosball, which we have plenty to talk about uh, this week. Um, let's catch up on the weekend that was golf wise. Uh, our, our, our sweet, our sweet, sweet boy, Jordan took on the, what, what, what was this? What was the event officially? Was it the Harrisonburg it city the, championships? It was the Heritage, Heritage Oaks yeah. club okay. championship. Okay. Heritage uh, Oaks club championship. 36 hole event, straight up stroke play. Um, typically <sighs> my understanding is this is a season pass holders only event. Uh, they opened it up, expanded the borders a little bit, you know, grow the game. Um, yep. I was one of the suckers that took them up on on paying the entrance fee. Um, wanted to get a little taste of solo competition, see how I did or did not handle right. it. Um, yeah, I had a great time. Did not score as well as I wanted to. Um, met some characters all in all, like... Didn't didn't really come across any um, just real jack wagons on the course, right. which was good. Um, so yeah, met some met some neat guys. Uh, got to play thirty six holes in a weekend, which is always good. High leverage shots, competitive situations. Um, was that your first was, like uh, non team comp- competitive golf? Yeah, scenario. Yeah, so first, okay, wow. first taste of solo golf. Jumping in on a two day event. That's sweet. Yeah. And I figured, like, okay, I know the course pretty well. It's I don't have those nerves going. Like, I've got plenty of, you know, right. just get the ball off the first tee nerves uh, to deal with. So I didn't need course unfamiliarity to, to be in there as well. Um, but not a total loss financially. Um, I did win a skin on Sunday. I was uh, the only entrant to birdie the 10th hole uh which is a little surprising but um, yeah that is a thank you don't know how to joke that is a short downhill par four yep no i i guess like watching groups in front of me and behind me both days i was shocked at how many guys pulled driver still on that oh hole. yeah 10 10 is like it, is it's like one of those disturbingly straight uh holes right yeah more or less yeah just nice. down the hill just... yeah so i four iron wedge really good birdie putt and uh got myself sheesh out of it um but yeah two two kind of instances really stuck out entertainment wise uh for for the boys so first 
I was first group off on Saturday morning. Um, I also got stuck in the only foursome each day, which was kind of a bummer uh, mm. for pace of play reasons. Um, but first group off Saturday, as close fans of this show and our friend group know, <laughs> I've been tinkering with the driver, struggling with driver as of late. Um, so that was a big worry spot for me was, was the first tee box. Um, you typically little, take driver off the first tee, right? Yeah, driver for me at Heritage kind of You kind of need to. It's is the pill, first, right? second, and 16th holes for sure. 18 has turned into a either-or situation. Um, Depending on where we are beers-wise. Yeah, know. beers and burgers-wise. Um, <laughs> beers and burgers. So I, I was thrilled, got my first tee shot off into the fairway, a little beautiful cut that rolled behind that bunker on the right. Um, so I had 125 yards into the green. Um, and they had like a standing rule for the weekend. Okay, you can roll in the fairway up to a club length, no closer to the hole, just to kind of avoid some crap lies. Like, so I ended up, the ball ended up next to a sprinkler in some tall grass. So I was like, okay, great. I'm going to roll it out, rolled it out. Took two practice swings and did the like Zach Johnson like caught it off. Oh the no! Toe. <laughs> <laughs> and just like was freaking out. And the, uh, the the guys the guys walking next to me, they're like, "Oh, you're fine. Like you didn't address it. Don't worry about it. You get to just place it as close to its original landing spot as you can." So great. Place the ball down and just hustle rocket my shot. <laughs> To the right, into the gorse. Um, thankfully, oh, no. the rough grabbed it, and uh, I was able to chip and three putt for a double on one. But that, like, that was a nervy situation. Um, a lot of holes in between. Nothing really of note Freaking happened. Uh, but I, I distinctly remember on hole thirteen or fourteen on Sunday, uh, I was sharing a cart with a gentleman who is the brother of Kirk Moyers of the Harrisonburg oh. High School uh, oh. History Department. And, One of the greats. Uh, one of the greats. Yeah. Shout out. So, so my cart partner, Mr. Moyers, was the one in charge of the skins game. Um, he was overseeing the pool and its finances. And he just looked at me at one point and said, you know, this is about the time where I tell myself, if you ain't going to win it, you better skin it. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I like, I, I see what you're rocking with here. It gets super aggressive on the last five holes or so. Um, leaned into that a little hard on, on the closing par fives. Uh, you, you guys, if you viewed my Grint, uh, saw a big number on hole 16 on Sunday. That was a 12 that I carded. Um, is 16 the one that goes like over the waste area thing? Turns right. Yeah, it goes like, way right. right. Yeah, yeah. Not and waste area. It's an environmentally sensitive that's area, right. actually. Correct. It's the opposite of waste area, actually. <laughs> yes. But. Um, and so that one, like, I hit a great drive. One of the best drives of the weekend. And I was about 190 to front pin. And, and Mr. Boyers' words... <laughs> If you ain't I'm thinking win, about skinning skin. it. I'm just thinking about skinning it. I'm just thinking about skinning it at this point. Uh, so I pulled 
I pulled my 195-ish club. At seven iron. Six iron. Nah. Off a little bit of a downslope. <laughs> Connor would hit um, seven. I, yeah, Connor would hit. Shout out to Connor and his big muscle, muscly seven irons. Um, I just came way off of it way too early. Topped it into the environmentally sensitive area. Mm. So I drove up there, took a drop in the rough, which is thick due to all the rain that Jason mentioned. Um, I got about 90 to the 90 yards to the pin, grab wedge, full swing wedge, should get me there, no problem. Uh, club face just got grabbed, sprayed it into the woods that's in between like 16 green and 17 tee box. Um, oh, no. Drop again, do the exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> drop again. <laughs> Grabbed one more club, half swing, into the bunker to the left of the green. Uh, <laughs> thumped it out of the bunker, two putted for 12, I think is how that went. Oof. So I, I drove one of my best drives on 16 at Heritage all year, and I two putted, and I ended up with a 12. There was, there was a lot of adventures in between. Well, and it's not like you, I mean, and it's not like you pulled a three wood and had to like hit the three wood of your life to try to make an eagle or anything either, right? right? Like it was, it was six iron from yeah, possibly the a, fairway. Yeah, it was severely top six iron. <laughs> that's tough. You do hate to see that. Well, well, hey, you, you still secured a skin though. He was yeah, out there. Won a, won a skin, uh, profited on that side of the ledger and like, kind of in a sicko mode way, enjoyed like all the mental taxation and exhaustion that came with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I would, I would definitely subject myself to it again. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I know we had been talking about the, uh, the Grint tour events and things like that. I think it might be fun to try one of those sometime. just, just like for a totally different thing. And I mean, they, they fly them out anyway. So it's not like you're going to be, Paired right. with freaking, you know, Jason Day or something, and he's just gonna hoop on you. So, you know, that'll be. I mean, that would be cool, but you know, I also, in theory, you'd be playing with people that are of similar ilk. So, how did they do the? Was the scoring like? How did how did they do the scoring like adjust? Yeah, so uh, after handicap they won, they had the top like half of the non-senior men in the championship flight, and then me and the rest of us <laughs> in in what they called the first flight. Um, okay. The first flight program. club champion uh, carded a two-day total of two under. So he was even on Saturday, shot a 68, two under on Sunday. In some tough conditions too. So a deserving champion. Yeah, you said it was super right? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, very nice. Excellent. Well, hey, happy, happy for you. That's cool you did that. For what it's yeah. worth um we'll have to get we, we gotta get at some point get someone on the bag for someone else on this podcast at some point just to just to like talk through the dynamics there because i think that yeah. that would be i think that would be delightful so well, yeah i mean i, I still think, think like i i am ready to pull the trigger assuming life stuff stays the way it is on just like completely doing the green the grant tour dc next year um, not the, so have to there will be some ops schedule maybe schedule the fall visit for uh for one of the the, the south florida tours yeah, events, yeah tour I, stops. Could, I could cross <laughs> tours <laughs> I could, oh. that would be like uh the pga guys going to play the european tour or something right right 
Cool, cool. All right. Um, do we need to uh, just just double down on golf talk here and uh, and and come up to speed? How how are we doing? I know we had a big matchup this week. Was it with the first place team? Was that what was happening this week, or is that next week? Okay, that's yeah, this, no, week. this week. All right. Well, I mean, what shook out? We let, let's you know we don't need to beat it up too long, but the people got to know. Um, it was good. We 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 played pretty all right. And I think we ham and egged it well. We yeah. We closed out the uh, we closed out the team point on. At the end of seven or at the end of eight? I think at the end of eight. Yeah. Um, but both the the one-on-one matches came down to the last hole. Um, it, it was a fun match. Like, it was a good time. It, it sucked to be on Sandy destroyed punched greens for, like, the third. I guess it was only the second week in a row, but still going to about it and um two weeks in a row seems like a lot when you play golf like Like, those are your times you play so yeah yeah. um (laughs) so um so jordan i don't know i don't remember i i don't remember much of your match jordan because i was propelled by pure irritation for a good okay who won well i mean do do, are we gonna five and a half out of a (laughs) potential six points we we won two matches and had the third yeah. Um, so yeah, my match, I I think I started one up after one and then would like give back a hole, take a hole back, give kind of back and forth. I don't think I ever went down. You got too comfy with your, your you got too comfy with your uh, your your front running. Yeah, but uh, it was like it was never a comfy lead. Um, right. I I ended up winning two up, and uh, Jason was going through it in his. So I'll let him. Yeah. Him so, so we're playing the mountain nine at Lakeview and um, my opponent was getting four shots on me. Um, and one of those was, I think four, um, the par three. And then the other three were seven, eight, nine. So I was like, all right, I gotta be like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I gotta be, I would love to be like at least one up going to seven. Like this, this would be wonderful. And I was like, I was hitting it. All right. Uh, I had one blow up hole. I tripled the second because I just, that is a mess. But um, so I was playing okay. And the guy I was hitting is just like kept pouring in putts. Um, and and I should have, honestly, I should have. Uh, the bumpy conditions, you know. It was crazy. And, yeah, which uh, made it even more remarkable. Just yeah. tracks them right in. <laughs> so we played, we played the par three fourth and I had like, five feet for par to have the hole when he was getting a shot. And I was like, if I can get out of here with a have, that's great. You know, you're always happy with that. And just <laughs> yanked the crap out of it because I was terrified of the bumps. And it was shameful. And so I go one down and I go to five. And I had this perfect four iron down right where it needed to be. And he blocks his drive, like push slice into the water. I'm like, all right. And we Which were straight up. With the white stake. It was, Adobe. and um, which you know, important to know. I'm gonna be super harsh. Like I'll give you a drop. Like I'm not gonna make you go back to the tee. Um, but so like five mountain, the the ground runs straight downhill into the water, like for probably 15, 20 feet. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna drop. And I woke up. To, I got up to my ball, and I turn around, and he has not dropped on the slope where like you know you get two club lengths or whatever you want to pick. He has walked all the way up to the flat ground and he drops up there. And I was kind of just like, I don't love that. And then he, 
Like, and this oh, is a guy who averages a, a real a real Daniel Berger situation yeah, brewing here. This is a guy who averages like 48, 49 on on nine holes, and he's just freaking hits this wedge to like twelve feet, and I was just like, mm, hate that a lot. Hate it. <laughs> um, but then I had a pretty good don't wedge. Don't love that. <laughs> I, I had a pretty good wedge, and I was like, all right, he's got a par putt. I got a birdie putt. These greens are hard as hell. I'm not gonna make a big deal of it, and. I'm like, I think he putted before me. So I'm like looking at my putt and I got like downhill a little bit of right or right to left. And he just slams a putt into the middle of the back of the hole and it pops up and drops right in the hole for par. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely putted before you because when it went down, like you were getting ready to stand up and go to your ball, yeah. and you just froze. It was like I someone pressed the pause button on you, <laughs> and you, could, like, you could see like vapors coming out from yeah. your shirt collar. I was like, "Hold on a second, that's that's ridiculous." And so I put it, and I had the line. I left it short because that's what I do, and tapped in for for par, and we have the hole. And I was just like, "So I'm one down." I go to <laughs> dubious, a real dubious drop situation. We go to six, and. Um, like six is long uphill par five. I had a pretty, like I, I hammered it into the right rough, but it was good. I put my second shot like 130 yards, put a pitching wedge in the middle of the green. I'm one and three. Life is good. He hits his third shot way short left into like this big, there's this like big pit in the, in the front left of six green. Big grass bowl. So yeah, it looks like a bunker, thick, but it's all like a grass, rough. a grass bunker. Yeah. yeah. But it's like thick grass. So I like, as we're driving up to the green, I was like, Jordan, if he gets up and down, I'm going to fight him on the green. I'm just letting you know now. And he was like, yeah, that seems fair or something like that. And he, like, lashes it out to, like, 15 feet. And I got, like, 25 feet, two putt for par. And I hit I hit a terrible putt. Like, it broke the wrong way. I got, like, 10 feet, 11 feet for par. And I was like, well, that sucks. But he's got 15 for, for par. Slams it in the back of the cup. <laughs> Hey, my man had the radar gun out. And I don't know what to tell like, you. It was insanity. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan just like very pointedly avoiding eye contact with me. Like not <laughs> a smile on Jordan's face right now, dude. Just like giggling through and it. And I was just furious. And I hit a really I made a really good putt. I I I drained that one for par. Yeah, your par part was great. And like I was caught in a weird situation because I like, okay, Jason is visibly frustrated. The silence is deafening. But I'm also like Hey, you know, good putt, Mark. That was like that was really well done. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there with Jason. It's not it's, it's not, not, not an event. It's that. not not an event when things start to go off the rails, right? You know? <laughs> I've gotten better about it. There's been progress. Well, I didn't I didn't want the vibes to just be like our team being sour grapes when guys are out here. Right. Like That's right. if you pour in a putt, like you want to hear an attaboy. Yep. Right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're Billy, a good you gotta diplomat. be Billy Horschel. You gotta be right. Billy Horschel, you know. You're, you're a good diplomat. I appreciate it. Um <laughs> so like we're going to seven, and now I'm one down going into this three the whole stretch where he's getting a stroke in the middle. And I just there's a lot of rage in my next drive. I just hammered it. And I'm like 80 yards out, and he like is 250 yards out and then tops his second and is like 140 from the rough. And he's getting a stroke, but I'm like, okay, things are okay. And I put it like left left side of the green in the rough, and he puts it like 20 yards past the pin in the rough. <laughs> Like all right, and I hit a kind of crappy chip that doesn't doesn't check on the sand, and then um, he puts his chip like twelve feet past, and this he's dude, like, like a, bump and ran out of the rough 
Yeah. With I, I'd love to know what club he was pulling, but he just had that ball on a string. It, was it looked nuts. like a freaking. It looked like a chip, like the chipper, like one of those little chipper clubs. Oh yeah, the utility, like the yeah. ping utility chipper. Ping <laughs> chipper. And so <laughs> the I'm most like, swaggerless both, club you could ever find in someone's bag. BG. I was like, right, we both got like the same amount. He's got a little bit farther, so he's putting first. So like, I right, if I get out here down one, like I feel okay going. Like eight and nine are like kind of quirky, weird holes. And I'm guessing that I like, I like competing and I have no if he's like actually felt any pressure and he just slams in another 12 foot putt. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. And I missed my putt. So now all of a sudden I'm dormant. And I was just like coming off that green. I was very pissed. And Jordan was just like, listen, like you can still have this. And I was like, fine. <laughs> yeah. There, there was, there was a bit of like a, a coachable moment there in the what? cart on the drive to eight where Jason started <laughs> <laughs> Jason started bemoaning the way things went and then apologizing for losing his match and I had to kind of like okay oh see I love this let's slow down you, you know no, it was good. Billy Napier Billy Napier would not be out here letting you just down downplay yourself like a warrior yeah, does not I, do that I Jason. wanted I wanted to see some law of averages play out some regression <laughs> to the mean was bound to happen um and it took its freaking time, but it did. Yeah. So uh, this was the, the you said the, these guys were in first place. Yeah. And and I mean, clearly that's based off of like there's a, there's a heavy bench towards uh, some some handicapping there. Just given like yeah. Okay, gotcha. I mean, and so then it it started to bounce out because he he got up on eight and like kind of cold shanked his under the cart path, rode the cart path. Moment was too big. He's just not an athlete. Moment's too he big. He's, like, he's, a, he's allergic to making plays. 45 degrees left, and it rode the cart path for like 35 yards down to the green. And I was yeah, just when like, we saw it, when we saw where it ended up, I thought Jason was going to have a conniption. Like, because this dude's been money just like I was like, even when he down. shanks it. Because yeah. he's like stone dead. Uh, Thankfully, so, he fluffed the chip. He fluffed the chip and then left it too far away and had to put in for five. And I. I had a pretty good tee shot and two putted for par. And mm -hmm. so got one back there. So I got it. Did your part. Um, and then nine, nine, I hit an iron. And the Corito music had fired up on our boy, Mark, you know, it was. Uh, let's crank that, please. Um, <laughs> and then um, on nine, I pushed an iron left and he um, kind of left one short of the, the bunkers, which kind of like the fairway turns around these bunkers on nine before you go kind of off a cliff. And I fluffed a pitching wedge out of the left rough, and I was kind of pissed. And then he kind, kind of is doing a lot of work in that sentence. <laughs> you, kinda, were, you were very upset. Pissed. I was a little pissed, and um, I fluffed the wedge like, and then snapped it over my knee and had to hit. <laughs> I'm actually glad I spent so much money on my irons because I treat them much better. It's true. Yeah. But, you don't throw um, them at Jordan. And uh, I don't. That was a hybrid. Um, and he just like slams an iron straight into the trees. And it's like six feet deep. So like, the high right yeah. miss in Ikaridu speak. The high <laughs> right miss. And so the I'm like, right, like, ball. I got a chance here. So I put my third in the middle of the green and he finds his but pulls it out and has to drop. And we get up to the green and I turn around. Well, like, Jason, I want you, I want it on the record. <laughs> I found his ball. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I told him. So and I as I saw it, I was like, oh man, like I could be a real here and just be like nope don't know where it entered we're well, gonna have you drop all the way back but i, I don't let him drop back. there it was probably fine but uh yeah no harm no foul because so he he drops his third 
and hits his fourth. I mean, I, I think I was the only one that saw it, like at a right angle, directly to the right. Uh, uh. So he launches his fourth. I mean, into the neighborhood from like the tree line, and so he has to drop five and hit six onto the green. And I'm like, all right, I'm putting for four. If I two putt this, he has to make a twenty footer up the hill. And if he does that, Switch. I'm just gonna walk into <laughs> yeah, the middle right. of thirty feet. If he does that. So, uh, but I, I had a pretty good lag putt and tapped in for, for five. Um, and he missed his six and put it in for seven. So I saved a half thanks to yep. the coaching of Jordan Shank. Love it. He scratched Love it out just like we drew it up. We're we a half point, a half point down going into the final week. All right. So we need a little bit of help and we got to handle our own business, but we got a, we got a shot. That's all we can ask I for. Like, after the start. Yeah. Our guy Mark's going to be at the chance. He's gonna our, our guy Mark's gonna be at the launch factory, whatever it's called, the smash factory. Smash just factory. just really getting week. getting it tuned in all hey, week. Love it. All you right, might cool. not know how to putt on greens that are actually green if we play on like yeah, that's true. That's true. I'd like to see it. Yeah. That'd, that'd be good times. Um I uh <clears throat> I, I did sneak out for a quick eighteen on Sunday afternoon, boys. Things yeah. went okay. Putted putted okay. Um we're we're going through some things with the driver here, but I think I think I'm I think I'm just getting a little too blocky, a little too blocky with my approach, which I think I, I have a tendency to do. So, anyhow, we'll, um, we'll I will report back. I need to get my. It must be pointed out we have to we have to give props to Jordan, whose handicap is uh, launched itself into single digits. Oh yeah, plummeting. Shout yeah, out. I, I jumped up a little bit, but I do want to while we're shouting people out. Shout out to Coach Stu for fixing my driver. There you go. Um, Driver did not get me in trouble at all over the weekend and the tournament did not get me in trouble tonight. It was actually an asset on on a hole or two. So good. So good Jordan, have I have a question it. about that. Does is <clears throat> do you think that you will be apt to pull driver more? Like move, like are you going to want to are there more hole are there holes right now where you per, could hit driver if you had more confidence in it? And you think that would give you better scoring opportunities, or are you pretty much like we're not playing like super long courses in general. Right. So like right. it might, you might just be distance out where it doesn't make a ton of sense, but like there's a couple holes at say the Florida club. You're fairly familiar out there where you could hit driver on some of those par fours. And like, I mean, they're shortish, you know, relatively straightforward par fours. You get, you get up there. <clears throat> not always recommended. Obviously you could also hit a five iron and leave yourself, you know, 150 yards too, but yeah, no, I think um, just like the holes that are non-negotiable driver holes, just the mental ease yeah. and state of mind is a big thing. There are probably a couple. Um, are you more willing to negotiate then, I guess, is maybe yeah, the question. I, like, yeah. um, like tonight, uh, Lake, or sorry, Mountain 7, with the two tiers where Jason exercised some frustration up to the top fairway, I considered pulling driver on that, um, but figured I probably didn't need to necessarily. Um, but I would have been more comfortable doing so, especially if I was in a spot where like, okay, I need to get a birdie here. And okay. This would give me a better, like a higher <clears throat> ceiling. And I'm, he, thrilled. He really, I'm, th I'm thrilled for you that you've you've reached some somewhat of a nirvana state there. I, I, yeah, like and even not it's not even like oh I can put this oh, on a spot, sure. right? But it's just like I'm not scared of where yeah. this is going anymore. Yes, um, yes, yes. I think 
it, I mean, it also helps like, so the, the most significant driver rollback is always at heritage where we only hit it three or four holes, right. but that's because we're usually playing the, the, the men's tees are only 5,900 yards there. Yeah. Whereas we played, we played the gold last week just to see what they were like. Cause we thought Georgia was going to play the gold. And all of a sudden a lot, like there were like four or five more driver holes where he's like, I kind of have to hit driver yeah, or I'm going to have a four iron into this par four. Right. Yeah. And so or it's like, I can hit an iron off the tee and then I've got to chip a wedge to get me an angle right. to the pin. Yeah. That's you got to get around the corners. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. All right, cool. Well, <clears throat> Happy so to hear that. let the big dog eat. We're keeping it. No, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Pete, Pete Dye is not going to know what hit him. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's, hey, you know, guys, let's get into a little bit of football here. Let's this is a week it. in which football is going to be happening, um, which is great. Great for all of us. Finally going to play some games. Jason, the Dukes start uh, the weekend of the third. That's correct. So not hosting, this weekend. Hosting the Blue Raiders. Oh, Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Nice from Murfreesboro. Yeah, there you go. Look at you. Just, I'm so oh. proud of you. There's one thing I know. It's obscure college towns. It's directional Tennessee and, and Michigan. And <laughs> other things about obscure colleges. <laughs> anyhow, um, but we do have a few more previews just to just to just touch on. All right. We don't need to beat it up here. We all know what we're we all kind of know how things are going. But uh um yeah. So I figured we'll get started with the B1G, okay? Everyone's favorite conference, the B1G. Conference uh, of Champions. Yes. Wong. It has absorbed, it will absorb um, traditional B1G Midwest powerhouses, UCLA and, and USC, in a couple of years. Um, but that is not to happen just yet. Standard Although B1G I believe stuff. It does, it does still have to clear like some board in California that they're like not 100% on or something like that. Or at least oh. UCLA does. I didn't hear that, but oh, yeah. that'll be because it's a public, probably because it's a public school. So I have, yeah, I, I haven't been like, I, I don't care. Um, and so like, I, haven't been, like, <laughs> yes, I don't know. It might just be like Twitter fodder of people that don't know anything about what they're talking about. Um, but, <clears> but yeah, that's, that's what the, the rumors are. And I have no idea if that's true. So uh, re- you can find the reports somewhere else and do more research than me. Okay. We, yeah. we will, we will do that. Um, <laughs> Let's uh sorry here I'm I'm clicking away I lost my notes here. All right, are there any like standout players in the B1G you guys are excited about this year? Maybe some transfers, maybe people coming back. Any anybody that you want to look at? Um recall last year um Michigan was your B1G champion and they made it to the playoff. People forget Ooh, that. What a time. What a time. They didn't spend a whole lot of time participating in the playoffs. Um but they were there. They showed up for kickoff and subsequent Georgia drives um, before things got off the rails uh, for them. Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch the the three-headed Ohio State offensive monster. They, so C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, yes, wow, well done. Yeah, I, I may have YouTubed that in the past couple of days to make sure I was getting it right. But, you know, that's how much yes. I care. Um, right. Yeah, so excited to see those three guys continue to point, put up points. Um, Ryan Day can call a game with the best of them. So, uh, and I'm sure they've, like, recruited some studs as well. So, 
excited to watch the Ohio State offense in general, see what happens there. Yeah, and yeah I think I think, I think if Ohio State gets like a really good defense, they they have to be yeah. kind of in that top tier of these three teams can win the national title, right? Oh no, I think they're in the top two of these. Yes, but yes, no. I mean, right. I, I'm I'm agreeing. I'm I'm thinking that they're they got to be the odds-on favorite for the the B1G. Um, and looking at their schedule, they do start the year with Notre Dame, but I think of all years to start the year with Notre Dame, you probably are okay with that. Um, from an Ohio State standpoint, they're at Michigan State. They have sort of a tough stretch in the middle, like beginning of October at Michigan State, by, and then they got Iowa at Penn State. But other than that, I mean, I guess, we, I guess Wisconsin is officially a tough game. Um, that's on their schedule, but that's at home. They typically, I, I feel like categorized as a tough game. Yes, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin is a good team, but typically Ohio State um, matches up well with Wisconsin for whatever reason. <laughs> Draw your own conclusions uh, about about Wisconsin style of play or whatever you want to say. But yeah, no. The biggest question for me, if if I if if Ohio State's going to be as good as I personally think they can and should be, is if um, former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles is the new defensive coordinator there can basically flip a switch and get the defense um, tough and, you know, ready to tackle, uh, you know, it's always eye rolly and whatever they're, he's going to bring a, a blitz happy, aggressive, uh, multi, multiple defense, multiple defense. Right. But he does blitz a lot. That's his thing. And, um, or one of his things. And, you know, I, I also, again, who knows, but his defenses were really good at Oklahoma state. I uh, would have been thrilled if if he became Florida's defensive coordinator so you know like I, I he was he was on the list right so um we'll see Ohio State is swimming with the big the big 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 fishes at this point um getting their guys and like you said Jordan uh Ryan Day's got plenty of toys at his disposal and I it's not just Jackson Smith and Jigba I think don't they have Marvin Harrison's kid out there and I think they have like two other just like absolute stone cold studs um, that are receivers or like waiting in the wings receivers. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, that's a lot of fluffing of Ohio state, but uh, they should be interesting. Um, looking over on the West. I mean, I guess Wisconsin is, is probably one of your contenders. Wisconsin and Iowa always seem to kind of bludgeon their way to the top of the West. And one of those two teams shakes themselves out, out. In November. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really foresee that, um, changing. Um, Nebraska, they're always interesting, you know. Scott they Frost are. has to be on maybe a little bit of maybe, maybe he's what? one of our first coaches that's a little bit on hot seat watch, uh, that we've talked about here. So, so while we're on Nebraska, I will put this into the public record. I have, I have fired some bullets for under seven and a half wins for Nebraska, okay. seven and a half is their number. And the under is currently playing, paying plus money. Shall so, we do a ceremonial reading of Nebraska's schedule, just to yeah. see? So, so first got, things, what is, what is the most wins that Scott Frost has in a season at Nebraska? Oh gosh, six, six, five. If that, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not great. I mean, he's been Even there. Better. Is this season three for him or season two? Season five. Yes. Yeah, what? Five. Oh yeah. wow. Four and Jeez. eight, five and seven, three and five in the COVID year, three and nine last year. Okay. God, the COVID year, the COVID year really 
really messes with my accounting. I don't know why. Uh, I think um, it, it just reset time. Like, just... <laughs> uh, okay, so Nebraska opens up in Ireland with Northwestern, which a is game weird. They should win, but when you're traveling overseas, all bets are off. Jet lag. You know, yeah. Pat Fitzgerald's going to have the boys ready. They're smart, educated Wildcats. Some Medill students on right. the they are, as, as right. Medill graduates, we all support this. Pat Fitzgerald right. has the has the like diet Iowa and Wisconsin thing going. Like just like we're like I, you know Iowa and you know Iowa so and Wisconsin. Yeah, we do what they do, but like kind of worse just across the board. Yeah, but um, our practice facility is right next to a big lake. It's true. So it looks really it is cool. beautiful. It is beautiful. Okay, then they play North Dakota, which that cannot be a walk in the park game, right? North Dakota is good. Yeah. Um, I think. So. South Dakota is good. Obviously, North Dakota State is incredible. I believe oh, okay. South Dakota is also good. I think North this Dakota is the odd man so out. So this is not North Dakota State. This is potentially the odd man out, but yeah, this is regardless. Not the powerhouse. Yeah. All right. North Dakota is very a very average FCS team. Okay. All right. So probably a dub there. We got Georgia Southern. You would hope that they could or should win that game. Didn't they play Oklahoma? Right. <laughs> Which I I think I'm kind of banking on a little bit the Oklahoma game like really tamping down some spirits and causing right. some consternation in the locker room. Dylan um, Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel bringing the bringing the Sooners to town. Yeah, sowing some seeds of discontent and uh that could ultimately be Yes. when, when coach Frost loses control. Right, so then there's Indiana, they're at Rutgers on a Friday night. No one just goes into Piscataway on a Friday night. And I've often said this. Um, then they are. Especially now at... when Greg Shiano's back. Like, <laughs> right. That's true. Oh, man, chopping, chopping the wood. wood again. I forgot. Exactly. Yeah. They call it the forest there in Piscataway. Um, they're at Purdue. Then they're off Illinois, Minnesota, at Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. Tough, brutal end to the season for Nebraska. Yeah, like, if you, again, even if you've got seven wins going into that final three week stretch, where are you finding your eight? That's not a lock. Yeah. You're going to have to steal one. Yeah, I mean, and like Iowa could, I mean, at Iowa on a Friday rivalry game, not probably not going to happen. Um, okay. The other team I'm, I'm sort of just keeping a little bit of an eye on is Penn State. Uh, I always feel like they are kind of just like underachieve in sort of a weird way, um, but they tend to be plucky enough to grab a team. They play Auburn in week three, which should be interesting. They are at Auburn in week three. That could be, you know, that could be a big, a big bad L if if Auburn catches it there for uh, for the Brian Harson experience, um, but I mean their schedule fairly manageable on the whole as far as Big Ten schedules go. Purdue uh, they do play Ohio State obviously that's a home game for them, um, but yeah I mean I don't you know, unless Michigan is really really good again which they should be fine but I don't know that they're going to be as good as they were last year. Penn State could be a team that you know jumps up and has maybe a, a good record, if that makes sense. Um, in looking at Nebraska's schedule, I am always caught off guard by the number of Big Ten schools whose logo is just letters. And red. Yeah. Like, literally every Big Ten game that Nebraska plays except Iowa, their Lock logo is just the letter. letter. Right. That's Northwestern, Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, all just a single letter. I guess Indiana's too, but. Well, and then Michigan, at least Michigan's thing is unique, but there's like so many high school teams that do the wings. I was going to say, like, the, big, the big yellow M has been. That's kind of lame. So um, going back to Penn State real quick. Go ahead. What, like, what do we think 
their ceiling ultimately is with James Franklin. And, and is Penn State, as an experience, okay with that? Like, can it would they appear do, they're okay with they that. They do markedly better and com- contend for natties every once in a while? Or do you think they're fine with accepting, like, let's go 9-3, and 8-4, and four, maybe a 10-2 and two thrown in there? Well, yeah. Do you think that they are currently not contending for natties every once in a while? Like, do you think that they are that markedly different than Michigan? I mean, Michigan went to the playoff last year. Last year, but before last year, you would you would probably make the same case for Michigan. Like, are they content being nine and three? Well, I would say right? before last year, it certainly felt like Michigan was a playoff, had a playoff chance until the Ohio State game, and then they got over the Ohio State hump. I could be misremembering, but it feels like for all the all the scrutiny <clears throat> that Penn State does and all yeah. the all the proud winning tradition they have there, like right. It's interesting and maybe healthy. It would it would seem like they really like, like the coach. Okay. Like we're nine and three. Go go knit and the lions. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just kind of like sometimes I I, I think Mich- like a team like Penn State or like Auburn and we I think we saw this with Georgia when they ran off Mark Richt, right? Like I don't actually think Georgia wasn't in the hunt for national championships. I just think that Mark Rick didn't beat Florida that often. And and he had one colossally bad break in an sec championship game that like his team probably was the best team in the country that year. Like I, I it just foot football by design almost is. So there's so many like one-off things that butterfly effect into like narratives that yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't think Penn State is actually that far off if they get if they get a quarterback position right and they and and you got to catch Ohio State in a down year but like I think that applies to the whole country, like I think Ohio State is typically the second best team in the country, um, if not. I mean, that, so that's the thing is like you kind of got to separate it into, like especially this year. So it's like really Alabama and then maybe Ohio State joins them. Yeah, and you know sometimes that top tier includes Georgia. Sometimes that top tier includes. I don't know, not many other people at this point, but it, know, it was Clemson. Clemson. It was Clemson, Clemson until probably the last maybe one and a half Clemson years. Or but yes. Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Yes. So then right. so then you like after the first, you know, on any given year, say there's three or four teams in the top tier. After that, there's the second tier that's usually, you know, probably five or six teams. I think Penn State is usually well, I won't say usually, but generally around that second tier. Michigan State made the playoff one time. True. If if they did it, Penn State could do it. I yeah. I, I think Jordan though that that is like you said that the, the sort of tradition of proud the proud tradition of winning would you would think would demand a little bit more out of their program than like, hey, remember that one time we made the playoff like totally randomly and got just yeah. the absolute hell beat yeah, out of us by Alabama. Yeah. Like yeah, I the, guess I don't think you'd maybe want I'm that. Just but. a little surprised <clears throat> too that they they seem to be as patient. Yeah. as a fan base yeah when like when you I put it up against like a florida state who they run through coaches like toilet paper because they were really good in the 90s and they deserve to be back hey right? and they just i root for i root for a team that that executes a similar policy so i mean and especially I, I when it. you compare like or the, auburn yeah the, the vitriol that surrounded all the joe paterno stuff and all that stuff and like all that anger and passion and stuff and then at, to, to juxtapose that with like being okay with Averaging nine and a half wins for a decade. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah maybe it's, it's very strange. Maybe my Penn State opinion is clouded a bit because I follow guys like Trib Law on Twitter, and that's like <laughs> that's my my Pennsylvania exposure. Is, uh, who's the quarterback that they? Trace McSorley hit me in the head with a shovel, Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes, yes. But, yeah, I I guess I just – I don't think Penn State's that far off. If they – I mean, uh, you just basically got to get the quarterback position, like, absolutely nailed. And if they could do that, I think they could be really good. But who knows? Um, I I still think this all comes down to Ohio State having, like, a down year and or bad defense year or something like that um, and getting into a track meet with them because – that's kind of how it goes, but, <clears throat> and then, you know, I think Penn State's the team that will lose to Wisconsin or will lose to Iowa. Like, you know, they, they might just as well beat Ohio state, but they, um, I don't know who, who's the team that I would liken them to Texas A&M that will just like be talented and, but like, we'll kind of like just fart around and then talented all of a sudden for be, no reason. just fart around and be eight and four. And you're like, man, that's weird. You beat Alabama this year and you went eight and four. You guys got got by Mississippi State the week before you beat Alabama. Like, what are we doing? But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, we can. Man, I'll, I'll reserve weird. that take for twenty five minutes from now when we when we're talking to Texas A&M. But um, okay, uh, just real quick here, Big Ten, B one G. Any coaches on the hot seat? We mentioned probably Scott Frost. Um, uh, Jeff Brom was the only other like he's. I think this is year five or six for him. Yeah. They what do you think about what do you think about the Flexter? You think the Flexter is going to be on the hot seat soon? I don't. I mean, he's I, got I, a winning record there. I heard. I've heard some some things. There may be. There may have been some. Maybe some rumblings. He might be wearing out his welcome. Is what I'm saying. That, that's all. I don't know. He, it, that'd be. That seems harsh to me. Like he was 11-2 the week the year before COVID. He was nine and four last year. Like, I don't know what what more do you expect in Minnesota? You know, Dan Mullen was a uh, one play away from beating Alabama in the SEC championship game. Dave, Jason, David, <laughs> David. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I got you. Okay, right, we got we got to start hustling through these, or else we're gonna have a three hour episode for people. I love three hour episodes. All right, let's move to the ACC, the other conference of champions, um, the Atlantic Conference of Champions, as they call it. Uh, Let's just let's just jump into it. Who who are we excited about? Who are we focused on this year? I'm very excited about the Virginia receiving room. Um, there's a lot of talent in there. Virginia is gonna Virginia is vast is is very quickly approaching Logan's like total platonic ideal of a team, which is just uh, um, if you're gonna not be very good you better flang that thing all around there and score a bunch of points and see what happens. We'll I think Virginia's going to mess someone's season up, but I think Virginia's going to go like seven and six or, or seven or whatever, six and five or whatever it is. Yeah. So I, I am so perplexed and don't know what to expect at all from the Virginia offense because they've got a great quarterback, <laughs> Brennan Armstrong. He's obviously yeah. Heisman front runner. We all know this. Right. Um, yeah. Shoeing rec- Heisman. Like the receivers, They've got, I mean, Dontavian Wicks, legit NFL prospect, uh, Keaton Thompson, all-around football player. They've got little, little quick, scatty uh, Billy Kemp, the fourth. Oh, Billy Kemp IV is back. I love yeah, that. He's back for another <laughs> run, as far as I know. And then they bring back Lavelle Davis, who missed the entire right year last year and is like six year. eight right i mean he is like yeah. he's and like a power go, forward go up yeah. and get it you just post him up in the back of the end zone and and 
throw the entry pass to the post. It's great. Um, we so love to feed the post. Embarrassment of riches at the skill positions. Running backs, I'm excited about <coughs> too. And then your line is decimated by the transfer portal. And the O-line that wasn't exactly pushing people <laughs> off the ball last year. Yeah, wasn't great, but it's not a position of strength. Tony Elliott <laughs> philosophically Wasn't great, wants- but it's not a position of strength. It's a terrible, it's a terrible like sense, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So Tony Elliott, everything I have read, researched, ingested, he wants to run the ball. He wants to control the pace of the game. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that with this roster makeup. And I don't like, I don't think that's the best way to use this group of skill position players either. No. So I'm really interested to see how. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Jason, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Just the, the very audible sigh after Jordan said he likes control to the pace, <laughs> control the pace of the game. <laughs> I mean, but like, that's, I think if you're the Virginia when, football coach, you need to bring some of that to the table if you're going to compete yeah. for conference championships. I don't know if he can take that approach with this team and at the same time maximize the wins from this roster. So I think he has to either make some sacrifices in terms of offensive identity to give his team the best chance to win or – <clears throat> he maybe shoots himself in the foot for the sake of establishing yeah, so, what we're going to do here. Sometimes I wonder if, and I, I mean, I think I've seen, you've seen some of this with Napier too, like expectation setting almost the coach almost goes out of the way with the expectation setting to, um, it's like we watched, we all watched Clemson play when, yeah. when they had awesome receivers and awesome running backs and a super skilled quarterback, like, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that Clemson is a pound the rock team, right? So it's like him saying that I don't think necessarily makes it true. I think he might just be trying to do the coach thing of like we want to be tough and we want to focus our game around the run game, which is like sure that's football, and and, and, and that's fine. I'm not saying he's he's an idiot or like misrepresenting himself, but like I also think that like he probably knows what he's got and. I mean, we Virginia just abandoned the run game last year because they couldn't yeah. like they couldn't do anything, you know, so. I don't know. It'll be interesting. All right, this is a lot of Virginia talk. They're going to be a lot of fun, um, but I think that that is about as much as they're going to be. Interested to see uh, how DJU develops as a quarterback at Clemson. Does he make a leap? Does he stagnate? And do we get another five-star kid with a lot of flow who maybe pushes, pushes for starting time? I don't know. We might. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit in the camp of sometimes these guys, I mean, kind of are what they are. I mean, is there, I mean, I, you're a five-star kid. You come in, he played okay that year. They kind of like patched together, just playing really good defense. It, that was the year they almost lost to Boston College, right? Like, you know, they, but they kind of stumbled through the year. Did What happened? Lawrence got hurt or did he get COVID or something? What happened? Did something weird happen? I, I don't know. Anyhow, um, DJ, you played okay, and then like last year, just did not go well, right? And yeah. I don't know if that was a play calling thing, if that was a personnel thing. Um, it did not appear that he was capable of making the team better, which is troubling in an offense like Clemson's. Which, and the, again, I'm Logan. Logan is going to be at a personal crossroads being a UVA fan this year after all the all the 
crap I may have spewed uh, about Clemson's quote-unquote quote quote high school offense that they run. Um, that was all the Jeff Scott experience. Yeah, yeah, that was Jeff Scott. He's, Jeff he took the high school offense to USF. You can see how that's going. Um, but, yeah, anyhow, well, we'll see how it goes. Um, people are very high on NC State, uh, which, which <laughs> I mean – Quarterback's coming back and is pretty good. Their defense is supposedly good. NC State always has like random offensive and defensive linemen that are like Monsters. the best in the country First at and second round at, picks. And yes, they go seven and five. Yeah, yeah. I I think that they should be poised for a good season. Their um, schedule lines up pretty favorably for them to have a, a good season. They have a game at Clemson on October first, but they have a pretty good run up into that. They get Florida State and Syracuse. Virginia Tech, Wake, Boston College, Louisville, North Carolina. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't see a ton of losses on that schedule. Is uh, Doran still there, right? Yep. <laughs> Somehow, against all odds, still there. Well, well, um, he almost well, he almost got the Tennessee job during that chaos, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he almost got he, fired, too. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Wake Forest was your representative uh, from the Atlantic last year in the in the ACC championship game. I think they should be okay, but I believe Handsome Sam, their quarterback, has some sort of a health issue and is not playing at the moment or has a procedure or something. I don't know the full extent. It didn't. I didn't necessarily get the vibe that it was like a football injury though, which is kind of weird. Did you? Well, yeah, I don't know. I think they've done a good job of not like letting a lot of details out. But right. so yeah, thoughts and prayers. We don't know. Yeah. What's going on. Um Clemson, I mean, uh, Louisville I think could be a little bit like Virginia, could be just fun. Uh, Malik Cunningham, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, that he's when he's when when they got it clicking, that team looks like exceedingly dangerous and is a total pain in the to play defense against, so I uh, would like to keep an eye on Louisville. Got to um, take on the Dukes, though. Okay, that's right. And that at the slice, Jason. <laughs> Say what? Is that at the slice? I'm yes. Assuming? Yes. We are. We are not quite hosting Louisville. That's next year. The return. That's, yeah. Next it, was a, year. it was a true home and home. It was the two for one. They did the U- UCF Florida Danny White special. The, the two for one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see here about coaches on the hot seat. You got to think, you got to think, Satterfield is doing it to himself, I think, more than anything. I don't even think it's. When has a Louisville coach not brought. Not brought ill Pride. terror upon doing it to themselves. The yeah. Louisville athletics. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, football and basketball. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Does that tough, meme that just, gets passed around every time of just like the, the mom, it's some movie and the mom is like yelling at the kid, like, why can't you just be normal? It's just yeah, right. everybody at Louisville athletics. <laughs> Screams. Um, That's the caption. Yeah. Scream, <clears throat> screaming intensifies or whatever. <laughs> How do we feel about um, Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech? There's an interesting. They're going to have to show <clears throat> some progress. I don't think you can lean on. Uh, we're transitioning out of the triple for like beyond <laughs> three years. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, the especially with the the transfer portal, should have helped you out with that. Should have helped expedite. Did that you process. see their schedule too? No, I, I mean, they usually have a murderer's row schedule, but they start with Clemson. They got a bye game, Western Carolina. Then they play Ole Miss. Then they're at UCF and at Pitt. 
I mean, they're going to be 0-5, 0-6. I mean, they're going to be 1-5. Uh, number here this year. I feel, I feel bad. Then they get to play Duke, which Duke could be going through some things midseason. I saw Georgia Tech play live last year. Shout out Miles B. Um, we were there together. We watched it. Just, just not doesn't doesn't really give off well coached program, and that's unfortunate. Just kind I, of I, I just don't know what to tell you. When they had some excitement, like when Collins got first hired, of like, ooh, he's gonna. Well, then they beat the Miami. I think they they beat Miami like the first year, right? Like that was like weird. A, uh, a, man, a real Manny Diaz special. Regular season wins number on a provider of these sort of things. Three and a half. The over oh. is paying plus money. I don't. I can't find four. I don't. I can't Jeff find Collins four hasn't won four games at Georgia Tech yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't see four wins on that schedule. Doesn't mean they won't be better. Doesn't mean they're not getting better. I just they're 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 stuck at, at this point, and I don't. Yeah. They're going to need to get a lot better to generate some more wins, and they're not going to need to not schedule. The way that they're currently scheduling, if they well, were. it's like if if you're a coastal team and you can't beat Duke <clears throat> or like the random Ath- Atlantic team like Syracuse or Boston College, you get paired yeah. off with every year. Like you might want to update the resume. Right, that's a good point. Um, how do we feel about Babers? Well. He has tied his offensive ship to one uh, Dr. Robert and I. That's right. So. Dr. Robert and I is pulling the, pulling the strings. Uh, yeah. They play Virginia this year. Probably. Yeah, week four, September yeah. 24th. I'll be is back that, on the uh, beers by then. <laughs> Might be a good thing. Have, <laughs> is that uh, in the Carrier Dome or is that in Scott Stadium? It is on a Friday night at Scott at uh, the Carrier Dome. Oh. Oh, where dreams it feels go like Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> it feels the two, like three you know Babers won ten games not that long ago. Yeah, with our guy uh, Eric Dungey pulling yeah, the trigger. Yeah. It was two thousand eight. It was five seasons. Boy. Oh God. Um. Yeah. All right. And we should mention Virginia Tech coming in with a new coach as well. Uh, schedule for them. They do play West Virginia this year on a Thursday, which is cool. I'm glad to yeah. see games like this kind of making a resurgence. So shout out to them for scheduling these games. Don't really know what to make of Virginia or Virginia Tech's chances to have like a like a, a, a great, good to great record. Kind of feel like there's probably some roster turnover there that both teams are going to be dealing with pretty hard. Um, and then uh, one last, I mean, we didn't mention Florida State. They play well, Louisville. Miami's Ellis. got a new coach too. Yeah, Miami's got a new coach. Um, Florida State's coach may be on the hot seat slightly. Um, Perpetually, things could not go great if they come out and, I mean, they get to play Duquesne in their first game, but then they they play LSU. They're they have a bye on September 10th, which is kind of weird. And after then, the LSU game. Yes, and then they so got they Louisville. They're at uh, Louisville on a Friday, Friday night. Oh. Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, if if you Deion Sanders look up... is going to be installed by week six. <laughs> God, that that would be the most obnoxious Twitter back and forth between Miami fans and Florida State fans, just bickering about recruiting all year long. I'm already, I'm so over it. Miami <laughs> fans, I'm already angry about this situation. That needs yeah, it hasn't even more happened. things to happen. <clears throat> Miami's got a new coach as well. They play at Texas A&M week uh, three, which will be interesting. So. Um, but otherwise, oh, they're at Virginia. 
on October 29th, Jordan. Get your Halloween costume ready. Ooh, spooky. It's spooky season. Who's <laughs> with Miami coming to town? Um, I'm interested to see how Miami looks like with the new identity, uh, you know, from a play calling standpoint and stuff. They were really good. They they probably have the best, if not one of the best returning quarterbacks. I guess Malik Cunningham is really good. Brendan Armstrong is really good. Um, but uh, Tyler Van Dyke had an excellent season last year and uh, is poised to probably be like a enough like a first round draft pick type. I mean, he's big, strong, he's white. Yeah. Big over the top delivery, throws it a country mile, you know, all the things that you look for just um, in a lead man uh, in the NFL, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I'm holding out, a, a, I guess, a little bit of, I don't know, I don't want to say judgment, but Mario Cristobal teams have underperformed on the field at times in his tenure. You recall vividly. last year when in a 13 day span, his tough team got absolutely punished by Utah, like twice in 13 days, like in the same exact fashion, both times, like just absolute drubbing. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, They have been recruiting great as a, as a recent Barry watcher. Crystal ball takes on a whole new every time. <laughs> Crystal ball. Every, every time I hear it, I think I hear 50 50 with Crystal ball. Yeah. Um, but at, at minimum, the talent level is going to get raised in Miami. And I think their offensive and, and defensive line personnel is going to get a lot better there. Um, and I don't know. That's that's his thing. So, I mean, we'll see if they, they kind of do the like big dumb football thing and want to just be offensive line and, and run the football or if they're going to open it up a little bit with the quarterback. But I am intrigued by that. So, uh, Who's your who's your ACC uh, who's your pick to come out of the ACC this year, Jason? Uh, ACC champion. No, you can give us the matchup and then champion okay. if you want. I think I mean I, I think it's Clemson until NC State proves that they actually have it, and then I think they beat Miami. The Atlantic, the coastal is interesting. I mean, I don't it's really trust any of these. We didn't teams. even mention North Carolina. Probably for good reason. <laughs> for the best. Yeah, I mean, Sam Howell's gone. They play Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I think I'll, yeah. I'll make the plucky NC State pick. Yeah, I think I like. I think I like NC State as well. Clemson uh, lost a good offensive coordinator. He's in Charlottesville now, so. <laughs> I'll I'll take uh yeah I'll go NC State over Miami. Miami's the logical pick unless, like. I mean, I don't know who else it could be. Pitt, if Pitt slides in somehow again, like under the under under the Powell, radar, Pitt, or they got to replace Pickett and Addison and right. Yeah. And their coach likes to kick field goals from the one yard line on fourth and goal. They, they got that has, constant. Has their coach is working. Their coach is working against their ability yeah. to win games actively at all times. Uh, okay, all right. Well, so I don't know that I see a playoff team out of this bunch though. I don't. Okay. All right. I would agree. Cool. We're in agreement there. All right. Let's they move go on. Undefeated. A one-loss ACC team is not going to do it. That's correct. Uh, it's probably true. If you're Clemson and you lose at Notre Dame, do you get any credit? Depends. I mean, Notre Dame's got to hold true. up their end of the bargain. But like Miami plays at Texas A&M, if they go undefeated, could they avenge an early Texas A&M loss? I mean, Maybe. you're splitting you're splitting hairs at that point, I suppose. Um, 
yeah, I, I kind of feel like there's going to be some general. This this it, this strikes me a little bit Big Twelve ish this year. Yeah, well, and teams. it's kind of like the ACC is a victim of their own composition in that. Like, yeah. Miami could lose that early Texas A&M game, but then they really don't have any opportunities for marquee wins the rest of the season because the ACC is what it is. Like, yeah, you play a good team in the conference title game, but that's it. Right. That's a good point. All right. Let's move on down south. Uncle Gary, Uncle Vern, the Southeastern Conference, uh, the true conference of champions. I don't think it is anymore. What? No, it will. It will be for another like three years. Oh, that's true. You're right. Um, plus, Uncle Vern, Un- Uncle Vern's has long since left us in not not the earth, but just in spirit. He the just booth. spends his days in that tower up at Augusta National, and then they <laughs> just they, throw it to him randomly. We should yeah, all we should send, all be so little baskets of food up to him. Right. They turn the power on when it's. Time. I I would live on Augusta 16, given the opportunity. Well, sure. 17. 16 or 17? I don't know. 16. Hard to say. Okay. This is the SEC. Um, is it Alabama and then everybody else this year? How do we How do we feel? What are we feeling? Who are we excited about? What are we intrigued by? We got some new coaches in the mix. We have Brian Harson still somehow in the mix. Um, I'm ready to I watch each. Ole Miss games. See, see how... Uh, the Lane Kiffin experience continues to grow. Or who's not. the who's the quarter? Oh, I think they're having a quarterback competition there, right? It's like Luke Altmeyer versus they. They brought a transfer in. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up that close. Couldn't tell you. No, Lane. Lane will be fun. Uh, oh yeah. Oh no 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 sorry. John Reese Plumley left. And it is likely to be the starter at UCF. I believe, I believe he was named the starter at UCF. Yeah, I think Lane sent a very nice, heartfelt tweet about that today. Shout out. Shout out to Lane. Um, all right. You guys, oh, you guys not, uh, not, not little, excited about little, anything? Uh, maybe a little sprinkling tip for this season. Belt's defense is now chaired by one Nick Howell. Who Virginia fans will remember gave up a lot of points there at the end. Um, yeah, but their so coaches, maybe, their coaches also Clark Lee, who's like probably the de facto defensive coordinator. Maybe maybe time to bet some overs when Vanderbilt is involved. I mean, I far be it for me to, to defend Vanderbilt's performance at maybe any point. Some, uh, Un- maybe unexpected lo- unexpected Vanderbilt defense stand Logan Whitehouse. <laughs> I'll just say Clark Lee and just bet the team total over for Vanderbilt opponents. But that's oh. a different podcast. That's a good point. Oh. <laughs> All right. So on the east, uh, let's just let's just run it down through the east here. Uh, I have the helmet schedule up and oh look at that. The Gators are at the top. So we just start there. New coach in town, Billy Napier. Gotta be the, the good vibes are really flowing in Gainesville. We're going to see if they keep flowing when the games actually get played. The first game is a real mf of a game to start off with. They welcome Utah to town uh, for a night game in the Swamp. Personally, I think they should have put this game at like 1 p.m. and just smoked them out, but that probably would have been um, in poor taste and, you know, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been great. Night game in the Swamp will still be plenty muggy. I actually saw a thing 
scientifically, Gainesville, Florida is the most humid place in Florida. Did you know I that? Gonna, I think I saw that too. That's terrible. That I mean, what a what a ringing endorsement for outdoor activities. So Logan, if you put your if you put your like fan in attendance shoes on, wouldn't you rather like if you're gonna watch Florida lose to Utah, wouldn't you rather be there for a night atmosphere than to be there at one PM? I mean that's true, but I I, 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 but I would like Florida not to lose to Utah. So I think you got to try to, you got to try to bake them and see if, no, I mean, you can just like play games with the weather. It's a tactical sauna. Yeah, no, it'll, it, I, I think night game in the swamp is one of the best environments in college football. So, I mean, I think that that, that's going to be awesome. Um, I mean, I'm very interested in this game in general. If, if Florida's defense can kind of like, round the corner and line up correctly and stuff. I don't know that Utah does like a whole lot of super exotic stuff on offense. Now, Florida is going to have to stop the run. They're going to have to be set up the middle. That's exactly what they were bad at last time we saw them play. So, so, so there you go. You, you know, the task, but do you guys remember that Auburn Florida game from like two years ago? That was like, they just kept running the same bit of a, a bit of a coming out party. No. Well, I mean, Auburn, I believe was much higher ranked than Florida came to the swamp and Florida beat them like 24 to 16. It was like a super grindy game, but it was one of those like Mullen put the game on ice. Just like they just Florida had a couple just super long drives in the game that just were just ticky tacky down the field. And they played really good defense and, and just kind of squeezed Bo Nix young, young, sweet Bo Nix to death in the swamp. That's the, that's the kind of game that would need to happen for Florida Utah. This is not a Florida Utah breakdown. We can talk about this later, but that is an interesting first game for Billy Napier, but uh, I don't know. Things The vibes are up in Gainesville. Um, got the new football facility open. Recruiting seems to be on the uptick. Got a ton of support staff. Got a lot of support staff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anthony, it's going to be Anthony Richardson's show. Hopefully he can stay healthy because I think he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the country or he could not. Um Jordan, sort of like you were mentioning with Tony Elliott, Billy Napier does a whole lot of discussion of controlling the pace and the clock and the ball and not making mistakes and, you know, winning games in the margins that way. Uh, That's what he talks about a lot. If you watched any um, Louisiana last year, they weren't the most wide open offense in the world. Um, And some of that might've been, Personnel, they their defense was excellent, also. So, I mean, I think they played a little bit to their strengths, which, as a Virginia like basketball fan, I'm fine with, I suppose. But uh, you know, sometimes I, I'd like to see um, see you cut it open a little bit. But we'll see. I, I, I'm interested to see if they can play with a little bit of pace. Occasionally, let Anthony Richardson cook some and um, get it moving. But schedule is pretty tough. We'll see how it goes. Well, Logan, what's the uh, backup quarterback situation at Florida? Do we have well, a, a budding superstar in the wings? No, like no. So that is yeah. that is where things <laughs> things could get really bad if one Anthony Richardson has goes down with some sort of a, a longer term injury. Um, the backup is a transfer from Ohio State. He was a four star kid. His name is Jack Miller. Um, and I think he had some potentially some some legal woes at Ohio State, and this was it was a good opportunity for him to maybe get back closer to home and and sort of hit the reset button on life and whatnot. He broke his thumb this week in practice, so he oh. will not be. He got his like the what they say the same injury Drew Brees had a couple of years ago that like avulsion fracture thing in your thumb or something like that. So he um, is out at least until week two. They said probably longer. So 
So well, I guess I was asking it from the perspective of like Anthony Richardson's not going to have to be looking over his shoulder all no. season of like, no. oh, I better no. pick it up. If he is, <laughs> things yeah, things are really bad. Florida's got a couple of raw freshmen. I'm actually just really interested if Anthony Richardson has the season he could have. There's, you know, and we saw a lot of this about Emory Jones last year too, and it ended up being like very far from the truth. But Anthony Richardson is again prototypical NFL quarterback size and has a big arm, six four. I mean, looks like Cam Newton, right? I mean, there's yeah. you could find a space for that guy in the NFL if he's you know getting buzz and declares for the draft because he has a really good year. Florida's in bit of a pickle uh, moving into next year. They have a kid committed who's a four-star kid from Nice High School, which is cool. But um, I think Florida's probably going to be hitting the portal for a quarterback after this year, personally. Wow. Or I think they, they're going to need to be, regardless of if Anthony Richardson's coming back or not. They're probably going to have to anyway. So, um, all right, we'll, we'll keep it sliding down here. Um, but on Florida's schedule, they do play at Texas A&M on November 5th. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the tail end, the very tail end of the schedule is kind of easy South Carolina at Vanderbilt and at Florida state, um, good opportunity to hopefully get into shape and pick up a few wins there heading into the off season. That would be good. Uh, but we'll Logan, see. I've got, uh, Florida's number at seven this year, regular season wins. Oof. I think you can find seven. You can find a push, not interested in pushing. I mean, it's going to come down to the. I mean, I think I'm doing the thing too. So, I mean, people are, are a little bit high on Kentucky, which, which, I don't know if that's for for good reasons or not. Um, Utah and Kentucky are similar teams. If you know, if Florida's defense shows up and can play well, you never know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, LSU, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I don't think Florida's beating Georgia this year. Hate to break it to Florida fans. Uh, at Texas A&M is probably going to be a tough game from a talent standpoint, but Texas A&M also just inexplicably does the Jimbo Fisher is my coach and we play negative, just disgusting football um, thing. So that could happen. They also got blown out by South Carolina last year and they shouldn't have ever done that. But anyhow, I don't know. I don't know, Jordan. That's very interesting. If you're riding positive vibes, you got to hit the over because I think there's seven there for sure, but I just don't think that there's for sure seven and a half. Noted. You got to pick one up against you. You got to pick one up against Utah, Texas A&M, LSU, and Missouri. So you should be able to beat Missouri, but yeah, fingers crossed. You, you didn't do that last year. All right, that's why. That's why you got a new coach. Uh, all right, Georgia, definitely cream of the crop here in the East. Uh, they are bringing Stetson Bennett back. I don't know if that makes anybody that excited. Um, I think Stetson Bennett excited. <laughs> uh, their defense cannot physically be as good as they were last year. I would agree. Right? Um, but we'll see. They're going to be mega talented. They're always good. I think they should be the cream of the crop here. Uh, I don't know if anyone's got any hot Georgia takes to get off. They do play um, Oregon week one. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That'll be Bo interesting. Bo, yeah, Bo Nix led Oregon. Dan Lanning guy. coached. So. Yeah, welcome home, Dan. Uh, Kentucky. People are high on Kentucky. People love their quarterback. He eats bananas whole, puts mayonnaise in his coffee. He's just a real zany guy. I, are both I, of those I, things I true or just it. things you say? 
No, they're true. Jason, do you watch college football, bro? Come on, dog. I've seen the mayonnaise in the <laughs> coffee video, unfortunately. Yeah, have you seen the banana video? He eats bananas with the skin on, just like no, he just I goes and just why eats. Why would them. I? Yeah. I hope oh, my I Instagram. Sometimes you want to make a turd. You know, you got to eat your fiber. There are better right. ways to make a turd. I often say this. <laughs> okay, uh, we can skip Mizzou, um, Eli Drinkwitz, and Co. Meh, can't. I'm not feeling that excited about them. Um, you guys got any thoughts about Tennessee or Vanderbilt? Or South Carolina? I mean, I'm interested to see, like, does Tennessee take a step forward? Does the Hendon Hooker experience continue to blossom? Because they showed some flashes, at least on offense last year, of like, hey, we can we can move the ball. We can put up points. Um, I don't know if that's good enough for Tennessee culture. Um, but I'll, I'll tune into some games. Sure. Yeah, no, they're going to be fun. Hypo runs fun offense, I mean, for sure. Uh, they play at Pitt week two. That could be fun. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Mark, pencil me in as intrigued there to see how that goes. Sure to be That'll be an interesting, interesting uh, an interesting color matchup in that game. Yeah. A lot of mustard toast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then poor Vanderbilt. They, they do bless our screens this week with a game. Actually, I don't even know if it's on our screens. It might be. Um, I did see some troubling news that it's going to be tough to get any Hawaii games on TV this year. I think I think this week is going to be CBS Sports, and the right. rest is going to be kind of really like some sketchy regional. app. Hawaii is in a bad spot. I think that their um, stadium got condemned, and so they need to build a new stadium. <laughs> so they need to come up with a solution to play football in a stadium. And I don't think they're going to have like an actual stadium for. Listen, I have years. a decade of experience with college sports. So believe me when I say that's not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Most coaches will tell you that's that not an ideal way to start a year. Yeah. They're playing in like some sort of uh, high school stadium situation right now. Do you know who the coach at Hawaii is gentlemen? Isn't it uh, coach Rolovich? It's not Coach Rolovich. <laughs> it's um, not June Jones. It's not, it's, isn't it, um, it's not uh, Norm Chow. I'll say it. Um, it's Timmy Chang, isn't it? It's Timmy Chang. That's yes. right. The the favorite well done, son. He did it. Young Timmy. We are so, not. I mean, he, he definitely is taking that job because he gets the opportunity to be a head coach because I mean, he's walking into an awful situation. I think that was like a very toxic situation with Graham there. Um, yeah, I mean, they had like meetings with the school board of like, like Congress players coming with testimony and stuff. Yes. And it was, yeah. yeah. It got bad there. The it got really bad at the end. Um, the man's own son quit the team. <laughs> so, Not a great sign. <laughs> that's correct. Anyhow. That's been Hawaii talk in the SEC uh, in the SEC breakdown, but uh, Vanderbilt in Hawaii is a matchup for the ages, and probably is Vanderbilt's best shot at winning a game this year. They do play Elon Week Three. I don't know if Elon's good or not. Jason, what's the scouting report on Elon? Uh, are you guys are you over Elon now? You guys, you guys, that's I'm, you're past that. I He's am on thankful to thankful to have the door hit us in the on the way up. Um, I don't know. Elon gave us Kurt Signetti. That's yeah, That's but the best thing I can say about Elon. All right, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not asking your thoughts on Elon. Are they good? 
like from FCS. They, I think they have regressed to mostly average. Okay. In the years since Coach Zigmetti joined the Dukes, like North Carolina, I mean, North, I mean North Dakota. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, let's go over to the West, where I think this just could be exceedingly interesting this year on the West. Um, I mean, Alabama, I think is your your best team, but I always am fascinated by like what shakes out on, on the West because underneath someone has yeah. to lose games, right? Like not everybody can just go over. Uh, and I am looking at you, Arkansas. I just have, I have some doubts. I have, I have, I have a, some, a few doubts, but uh, yeah, Alabama need we say more. They play at Texas week two. Sure. That's exciting. Um, they get Texas A&M at home. They're at LSU. They get Auburn at home. At Ole Miss, November 12th, could get a little spooky if that's like a night game. They bring out the powder blue helmets, you know. The land sharks are cruising. Yeah, Lane's got Lane's got them going deep. Lane's just giggling and throwing clipboards all over the place. Sometimes I think about like, man, it would have been really fun if Lane Kiffin, if you could root, if like you were like really passionately invested in a Lane Kiffin coach team, like that would be a really fun experience for like probably 18 months of just bliss and then I would imagine things would flies weird. off the rails. <laughs> All right. Well, here, here's a little devil's advocate. What's stopping you from becoming a casual Ole Miss fan? Oh no, I, 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 I am in. I'm just. I was walking the dog the other day. And I was thinking, like, man, remember, like, I was like seriously advocating for Lane Kiffin to be the head coach at Florida. Like, yeah. that would be so fun. Like, can you imagine? Like, he would just be talking wild, wild smack. And he, I think we also like maybe oversell the Lane Kiffin experience a bit now. I think he has done some made some steps to become a little bit more of a ball coach and a little bit less of uh you know sassy but you know and he gets he gets it out there he gets it out there occasionally he's he's a funny guy but you're right they'll be my honorary west team sorry connor yeah maybe i'll just adopt old miss as like my (laughs) my other team this this we asked you to consider old miss yeah (laughs) have you considered 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 All right, Arkansas, they have an interesting schedule. They start the season with Cincinnati, and I don't know that we know a whole lot about Cincinnati. They're going to be well-coached, but, I mean, they're, they're losing a lot, uh, a lot, namely their quarterback and best defensive players from a playoff team. So um, we should see a lot is going to boil down to the Kendall Bryles, K.J. Jefferson offensive juggernaut on that side of the ball. People are on K.J. Jefferson. I don't necessarily get it. Um, he seems... Like he is well suited to run a Kendall Brylesy single uh, read offense, and he's huge and is an absolute juggernaut as far as like running um, goes. But so I'm a little dubious of SEC West schedule plus like abuse the quarterback at all costs offense. Just saying, like yeah. he is he's a big dude, but we'll see. Their line play should be good. They go to BYU on October 15th, which is weird. Oh. The trenches are going to be mayhem. Yes. It's going to be You got husbands gross. and fathers and then a bunch of Razorbacks in there, too. This schedule, I mean, Arkansas routinely has such a terrible, like, rough schedule, too. I mean, Cincinnati, they do play South Carolina, which, like, should be improved. Missouri State, who cares? Uh, Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State, at BYU, by Then they're at Auburn, Liberty, which is, is not nothing. I'm sure Liberty is just annoying. And then they got LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Ooh, Liberty team. pick up a, a name in the in the portal transfer QB wise. Did they? I think. Oh, Charlie Brewer. 
got named. The oh yeah, third team like, Charlie Brewer. Yeah, the, uh, the like seventh year super senior, whatever he is now. Right, he's didn't he like? I saw somebody he threw for like ten thousand yards in his career at Baylor. He's just yeah. like on his third team. Um, Auburn, we mentioned them earlier. Should be interesting. Just like the tension appears to be mounting on old Mr. Coach guy Brian Harson there. Um, they got a good running back. Uh, their quarterback situation is, I believe, decided, but not very well defined. Do we know who Auburn's quarterback is? They they have a Bo Nix is out and someone is in that you would recognize. God, I just listen, I just looked this up the other day. One moment. It doesn't mm. appear that they've named a starter, either TJ Finley. Oh, they have Zach Calzada. Oh, Zach Calzada's there now. Ah. It's either Zach Calzada or TJ Finley are the likely starters. TJ Finley is one of those guys that definitely says it's TJ Finley time when he enters the game. And he's just, he can, he can really huck it. Kind of like Joe Milton, not unlike Joe Milton, uh, Tennessee's backup quarterback. Uh, yeah. I mean, Auburn's always interesting. All these teams, like they're, they're also, I'm also circling them as a team that like, if it doesn't go great, like they lose to Penn state stumble past Missouri. And then you got LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, like they could be like, two and four and check completely checked out on the season. I think, yeah, I think Auburn's a classic case of the peaks are high and the valleys are low. <laughs> right. Which is funny because they play on the plains. See what I did there? You like that? I, yeah. All right. LSU. LSU is intriguing because they, at one point in the off season, I think heading into their bowl game, they had like 31 scholarship players available to play. Um, not great, not tremendous vibes there. Uh, they got, uh, they're, they're going to be running with just a, a ton of transfers. And like, they're just, it, it's going to be interesting. If they can gel together, I think they could actually be pretty good. Um, but there's always that, like, all right, hey guys, this is your quarterback and this is your coach and this is the offense. Like, no, nobody has like ever met or done this before. Yeah, it's like first day of like, middle school. Like, I've never seen any of these kids before. <laughs> Correct. Um, they're, uh, I believe the likely starting quarterback to them is uh, a kid from Arizona State, <sighs> whose name, of course, I is slipping. I'm, I'm losing it. We're, we're, you know, we're running too long here. This is just all the names are pleading together. Jaden or something Jayden like that. Jaden Daniels? Yes, Jaden Daniels. Look at that. Uh, he's a likely starter. There's, you know, some other folks there. I, I believe Zach Johnson is out. Uh, he transferred to Texas A&M, and Max Johnson, sorry, and um, someone else. Uh, someone else transferred into LSU. So we've got a little bit of a situation there. They start the season with Florida State. Uh, is that a neutral game? I think that's in New Orleans, actually. So not really a neutral game, but um, that the, the Chick Fil A kickoff situation. One of those kind of games. I don't know what to make of Florida State either. So that will just be really interesting. I mean, I think Brian Kelly. As much as he probably is not a great cultural fit for the Bayou, has a pretty clear track record of being a really good football coach, and uh, so, but I don't know. Yeah, don't it's know. like it could work, but I don't know if it'll be comfortable enough at the beginning to like get the plane off the ground the way it needs to. Right, and th I think I heard someone say too, like he routinely is very indecisive when it comes to quarterbacks, so. If well, LSU's never like, had to deal with it, that. Before. It would it would be tough if if you know you have 
like multiple packages and multiple quarterbacks attached to different packages for a brand new offense, with like brand new personnel across the board. Keshawn Butte is still there. Um, so they got it probably one of the best in the country on the team. And LC is always going to have guys on defense. So they should be able to figure some stuff out. All right. Mississippi state Ole Miss. Have we touched on anything there? Michael Leach still getting it done at Mississippi state. Who would have thought, you know, they might be Still okay. Will tweeting. Rogers, Will Rogers, uh, pulling the trigger. I just have like, I'll watch it Mississippi State game if, but they're not my first, second, or third option. Yeah, given that they run like pure uncut air raid, it actually is kind of interesting how kind of uh, I don't see it's like it's almost like watching triple option. Like it's very um system systematic. Yeah. It's not chaotic enough. It's almost too organized. But I think their quarterback should be really good. I believe his name is Will Rogers, uh, which is a, a good quarterback name, strong quarterback name. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see. All right, Ole Miss. And uh, I think we touched on Ole Miss. New, newly adopted team, Ole Miss. We will, yeah. we will be watching. And we are considering Ole Miss. The, the last uh, team up here on the list is one of the more interesting teams, who Texas A&M, uh, from a talent standpoint, getting close to rivaling, you know, that sort of top five accumulation of talent on the roster situation. I believe Max Johnson is likely to be one of the quarterbacks in the mix there as, as young Haynes King might still be there as well. I believe he was supposed to be the starter last year before he got hurt and we had to do the Zach Calzada thing. Um, I think this is going to boil down to if, if Jimbo can advance with the times, I think that's what you're kind of seeing Maybe a, a, that's not the difference between him and Nick Saban, obviously, but you see Nick Saban. It like, is a difference. It is a difference. You see Nick Saban, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, embracing offensive innovation, and you see you watch Texas A&M, and I don't think you see a team that is necessarily uh, highlighting the amount of talent that's on their roster with any sort of innovative offensive situation. They also will be breaking in a new defensive coordinator, I believe DJ Durkin, getting another chance for a highly paid position on Jimbo's staff. So um, Mike Elko is out uh, and he was excellent for them last year. So yeah, maybe, maybe some, some weird stuff going on there, but um, they play app state in week two. You never know. App state mix it up, get a a little weird. The sunbelt zone they do. Then they play Miami in week three. So just kind of a strange, uh, start to the schedule. Punch there. Yeah. yeah. And they play Sam Houston. Wow. Sam Houston used to fling the pill around back in the day. They probably still do. Anyhow. All right. Their visiting locker room is a tent. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> Gamesmanship. Yeah. This is like, this is why you schedule the game at noon. They're transitioning. I think they're transitioning to FBS. Gotcha. All right. So we, there are games this week. We won't go through all of them, but I mean, I think Nebraska Northwestern and Ireland is going to be your, uh, your prime watcher. And then we got Vandy at Hawaii <laughs> is your, yeah. your maybe your, your secondary watcher. I'm just excited to have some, some live bullets flying on the TV this week. So if it means watching Nebraska, we'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for all of us. Yeah. I mean, uh, UConn, Utah state is a 4 PM option. Charlotte FAU is a 7 p.m. North Texas UTEP could be exciting. So there's going to be options, guys. I think did, I think North Texas UTEP sold out the Sun Bowl. 
Wow. Yeah, I I 40, 42,000 strong. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while we're on the top of games, we are going to pick two against oh, the spread this week. Let's do and it. They're going to contribute to your permanent record. So <laughs> buckle up, boys. This what are we in middle school? This will go on your permanent. This will record. go. This will stay on your record. All right, the noon thirty Eastern time kickoff of the entire season will take place overseas. Um, somewhere I don't know. Like, is it a is it a soccer stadium? Is it a rugby stadium? I don't know. What um, is this? Oh, the, uh, the uh, Northwestern Nebraska game. Yeah, yeah. Aviva Stadium. What is Aviva Stadium? Is that where is that where Celtic plays? One moment. It's in Dublin. It is, I believe, the home of the Irish Rugby Union team. Oh, I feel and so. And the good Irish National team, I think. Wow. Yeah, so I got it both right. Excellent. It looks kind of sick, honestly. If you look at it, <laughs> I think I saw it. Dope stadium. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are going to pick this game against the spread. And against our better judgment. Um, the spread oh, yeah. for this one, we've got the Cornhuskers favored by 13 points. And I think, Jason, it's it's only right that you start us off, <laughs> as is customary. <laughs> I have not missed this. Uh, Northwestern. All right. Wow. Medill. Screw it. I, I will hold out faith until faith is rendered unto me by Nebraska. Yeah, I, I'm also going to take Northwestern. Um, for them to have a chance to win, I think they're going to have to play slow, grindy football, and uh, maybe that limits the margin. So, sure, I will take the the guys wearing purple. Um, I'll take um, Nebraska just to spice it up a little bit. They finally don't have a Martinez brother playing quarterback. Um, They've so got a Texas transfer, right? Casey Thompson, I think, I think. Yeah, Casey Thompson. Yeah, so um, maybe just a little, a little fresh blood in the uh, in the in the um, quarterback room will be helpful, and Scott Frost will quell the fires that nip at his heels uh, early in the season for one more week. I w- I would be interested to see like what what kind of slices of those respective fan bases travel to Ireland for the game. That would be a delightful crossover. Like I'm guessing, you know, more... Nebraska gets out there and pounds beers with with the Irish folks, for sure. But I feel like your Northwestern grad types would be more apt to travel, show up in their pe- show up in their pea coats. Yeah. Again, interested in seeing what kind of <laughs> cross sections yeah. show up. Um, second also, game we're going to pick. I mean, Chicago, Northwestern. Being the most popular sports team in Chicago, there's a lot of Irish in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Also, this Irish. is. I, I would like to. I would like to also mention that this is a, a classic matchup of coaches who look like cops. Yeah, big big time coaches. Who, I mean, I, I think I get I get more state trooper vibes from Scott Frost than I do just pure like sheriff's department vibes. But Pat Fitzgerald is straight out of Central Casting wow. when it comes to when it comes yeah, to cop. That's right. Yeah, we lost uh, old old coach at ten, coach trooper at Tennessee there for a while. Oh, he's Arkansas State's head coach. Oh, is he now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, good. Good to see he fell on his feet. Uh, all right. The nightcap. We're also going to pick Vanderbilt Hawaii. Vanderbilt favored on the road 
by eight points. I'm gonna go ahead and take Hawaii. Give me a home dog, Timmy Chang, uh, debut with with the alma mater. So get dozens of fans and pop up tents just off just off the field. It's gonna the, look like the a number fifty three and a half. I'm also gonna bet the over. Mm. I I will do this. This is my commitment. You're betting the, the over. Podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna bet the yes. over fifty three and a half. I'm gonna take. It's my turn, I believe. I'm gonna take Vanderbilt here. This come on, Vanderbilt. This has to be your opportunity to like generate any amount of positive. If you go all the way to Hawaii and like beat Hawaii by three, it's gonna be a long or disappointing <laughs> long season. Um I I'm really intrigued to see what like what the scene is at this stadium slash field that they're playing this game at. Like it, it just could be interesting from a TV standpoint, like where the like where the cameras are and there's not going to be like crowd there going to be crowd yeah. shots and like yeah I mean I, I don't know I'm just kind of curious about that too so that's my reason my reason is come on Vanderbilt <laughs> you gotta get it right at some point. Uh, I get a very yeah pro Vanderbilt stance this podcast I'm gonna I'm gonna also go with Hawaii um oh, you guys are screwed I don't know anything about either of these teams except that they're both kind of a mess for various reasons. Um, but I'll take Vanderbilt having to go halfway across the ocean being less than ideal. And um, yeah, give me, give me the emotion of our boy Chang's return. I think Vanderbilt had the number 32 recruiting class in the country last year. Did you know that? I would have never called that in a million years. They're on, the, they're, down, on, brother. You know, they're on the rise. Sure. Some people are calling them the buoy. As can they you be, can you be on the rise if your bottom is anchored down? Nice. If a buoy is attached to the anchor, yes. <laughs> they have the anchor, and then you have to know where the anchor is. Yeah, the buoy has to go Ooh. up. So right. it's rising. Right. Okay. I got you. Oh, all right. Well, this has been it. As you can tell, we put a lot of uh, we put a lot of angst and effort into these these uh, these preseason episodes. But we got games this week, and then we will head into week one proper next week. Really excited uh, to be out here. You guys got any last final words? Uh, I would just say to all the fans out there who are going to be ingesting college football for the first time this Saturday, watch responsibly. Wager responsibly if you're into that type of thing. Uh, get up and go for a walk. You know, it's a long season. We we certainly are excited, but at the same time, we want you to exercise best judgment. Right. When it comes you don't want to burn out. You don't want to burn out by like yeah. mid-October, you know? Yeah. We don't want to run hot for anybody. So, Is game day going to be in Dublin? That's are they doing Cal's game day this week? Or is it a Fox? Is it a Fox game? Oh, it might be a Fox. A Fox property. Um, Love to see Reese and the boys out in Dublin. Man, I tell you, what there was one year when I, I was like, when I was going out to Vegas for Labor Day weekend, which was kind of before they did a week zero in college football, um, and they had one of these Ireland was Ireland game was the first game yeah. of the season. Was it like it Notre was like Dame Navy or Notre Dame Army or something? It was like a nine a.m. 8.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff. So it was like 4.45 in the morning and people were lined up in the sports book ready to place, place some bullets. It was the best. Oh, it was the best. 
Oh. <laughs> the little things in life. Just oh, awaken the echoes. Really gets gets Jordan up in a lather. And gets the vapors going like being in a sports book at 4.45 in the morning. Oof. Seems like it would be a sad place, but I could imagine the vapors are intoxicating. I'm going to be honest. Okay, let's land the plane here. Thank you for joining us. If you made it this far, God bless you. Seriously. We, I mean it this time. Uh <laughs> You can find the wheel route. We're at the wheel route on Twitter. We got wheel route podcast at gmail.com. Complain about the show uh, there. We'll check it eventually. We have a website. It is the wheel You can uh, access the show there, or you can get it from your favorite podcast acquisition service until we meet again. Go Gators. Go who's uh, go Dukes. <laughs> <laughs>